This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode briefly mentions Dune, the Shadow Wand, and Shadows and Lies. There's also mention of death of a family member. Everybody and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Kingdom of Copper, book two in the Devabod trilogy by S.A. Chakraborty. And Jessica Marie, how did we feel about this time jump? I was shocked. I knew the way the first book ended you assume that it's going to pick up right away and it does for the most part you get that in the prologue then all of a sudden you're just like i mean i was in your kitchen and all of a sudden they were like it's been five years i was like what i full stopped whatever we were making for dinner um so um interesting because i feel like that immediately takes it out of YA, which I had assumed it was just because of the age range it was in the first book. And now I feel like there are adults doing adult things and having adult consequences because people die and important people too. Not just, not just like, oh, person number one, person number two. Yeah. We had some pretty big character deaths, which was very funny because, um, as Jess mentioned, she is here with me. She's recording upstairs and I'm downstairs. But you were talking about like, gosh, they're really foreshadowing Gassan's death. And I was like, really? Tell me all the places where they're (laughs) foreshadowing Gassan's death. And then um, he's a major character death that I personally was not expecting, even with all of the foreshadowing. I figured that would be a book three situation, but it wasn't. Um, I really enjoyed this book. I just want to say that right off the bat. How did you feel about this being a political, like straight political high fantasy? Loved it. Yeah. Loved it in every sense. Um, and then you even shared that it was high fantasy. I was like, wait, I understand this. This isn't intimidating. This is exciting. And I know at the end of the first episode, we said, okay, well, it's book two. We know what, it, you know, we know what a book two is. It tends to be a travel book and like it can, it tends to have like a lot of substance. And that's what this was. It didn't even feel like a book two. Everything felt so significant, no matter whose um, POV we're in. Because for this book, we get, we're in three POVs between um, Nari, Ollie, and Dara, as opposed to book one, where we only had two POVs between uh, Nari and Ollie. And Jess, you mentioned that you you like understood this and that you were like really firing on all cylinders with this. I just checked the page count. We're clocking in at a cool 609 pages here in our floppy paperback. So this is not in small, insubstantial thing. So I just want to take a minute and say, hurrah. 
Well, thank you. You've helped get me here because it would have been really intimidating otherwise. And I think whether you read the ebook or the physical book or even listen to audio and we read it through the audio and then we referred back to like you have the physical copy. So we'd be looking at that, too. Um, You don't feel like it. You you feel like it's a thick book, but you don't because so much is happening and so much is so pertinent to the story that it doesn't feel like fodder. That's exactly right. I have a summary of notes uh, that a, a website like provided just of like high points. And then I also have eight pages of my own <laughs> notes because I do feel like everything is important. But a lot of this book is setting up the environment of where you are, like describing the palace, describing the hospital, the citadel, the desert, Bernabot, all of those things to really immerse you in the setting and or the clothes. Don't even get me started on the outfits. I need all of the fan art, my God. But it is easy to be sucked into this book, in my opinion, because one, it's a second book. You already know what's going on. And two, you have such a rich description of places that you are kind of familiar with, but now you're really into it. Like this is the meat of it. And the story moves along really well. So there are not a lot of new characters, right? No, we, I mean, we have all, basically everybody from the first book. We have Nari, Dara, Ali, Zainab, Ghassan, um, Muntadir, um, you, you know, you have some, you know, you have the Shafits, you have the Ifrits, you also have more of um, Kaveh and Jamshed and Queen Hotset, who is, um, who's Ghassan's wife and Ali's mother. And um, that's really like the new, I, I don't want to say new notable, but a lot of the people kind of take more of a role. And Maniza, if I didn't say that already. Oh, Maniza. Oh, Maniza. We'll get to her. We'll get to her. So I think I think it's important to say that before the time jump that we have discussed, there is a prologue. And the prologue starts off with Ali not making it a month without being trying to be assassinated in the yeah. desert. Uh, he is really struggling. Life sucks. Everybody is betraying him. They're after him. It's bleak. Oh, and he even said he's like, that would have been a better punishment than him always looking over his shoulder, being chased. Um, but he eventually does get to his, he kind of creates a home in a community. Well, after he's kind of been kidnapped in a way. Um, but then they realize they were like, why should we believe you? You are a part. We've been like asking your father, your Katani, you don't answer to us. Your father doesn't answer us. We have this drought going on. And, uh, Ali was like, yeah, about that. Um, his magical power, because he doesn't have a control of, over his Marid powers, water comes to fruition in this place that they were in a drought. And he goes, I think you're more valuable if we just keep you. And he creates kind of a whole community, so, you know, bringing his water powers from now that he's a Marid, a Marid, a water gin, um, after being unalived and brought back to life from the first book that we knew about. And, it, and it's interesting that you say that Ghassan, like it was a good punishment for like Ali and Ghassan and like all of that. 
But really, it's kind of Ghassan's foil because Ali's experiences end up in the desert, end up being that he can find springs and create irrigation and like bring life back to the desert. And he's out like interacting with the people in the desert, like his tribesmen, not the people in Devabad, like the his like real tribesmen. And he's out there just doing the work for five years. He's out there five years doing this. I think there's even a line that says, you've done more for our community in five years than your father has done in 50. Yeah. So Ghassan sending him out there and then Ali actually flourishing ends up being kind of just like a huge driving force throughout this whole book. And I don't think it was like a a calculated political move for him to do it. He was really just trying to make the best out of a really shitty situation that he was like, you know what, this is, this is kind of the the hand that I was dealt and we're just going to go forward. I don't think there was any, um, any strategy behind it. And Ali is a natural leader. So he naturally steps into that. They call him Sheikh. So um, like Sheikh role in Bernabat for five years. And he solves all the problems. He reads over the contracts. He like, you know, does the hunting and and all of and he does the Zahawk, the Zahawk jump, which I love because it is very and I'm not making a comparison. It is just the thing that I thought of. It's very Dune. It's very Dune and the worm. It's desert. You know, it is what it is. But it was very fun. And I love that someone as reserved as Ali can be just like went for it. It It's like kind of out of character, but not really. And it was really fun to kind of read it through uh, Ali's experience. Well, I feel like you get a lot of that in this book with Ali, where we know him as this very reserved, very devout person from book one, and how different life experiences kind of change a person um, to kind of get out of that that familiarity of what the only life that they've known, more or less. And that is a perfect transition, because we can leave Ali here, and we go back to Nari. Nari... She picks up her story, picks up on her wedding night to Mutadir. And this is less than a year after Dara died. So this is like still in our, our prologue situation. And essentially, this little scene just tells us that Mutadir and Nari are not going to consummate their marriage on their wedding night. They're going to like wait, but like it has to be done eventually. Mutadir doesn't know her, he's kind of scared of her. But he has a sentimental streak, and we get that through the interaction with his mom's, like, mask clips. And I mm-hmm. thought that was very sweet. Uh, then we have the the carcaday and the hibiscus tea, all of that. Very fun. Um, Jess, I know that you were just fuming over another uh, marriage consummation ritual. <sighs> Always, always, because part of this ritual was to, I, I can't remember the specifics, but they have to be like covered in, like they're basically rolling around in ash and the beds, the bed sheets have to be shown to show that they were just, I just, I hate the whole patriarchal concept of, I mean, it, it, I don't, I'm sure it still happens in many communities and I'm sorry that I don't do my full research of which ones. Um, but I know in a lot of Spanish cultures back in the day, um, you had to put the white sheet out and show that 
that she was she was basically proving that your wife was a virgin and there's just like so much purity culture and religion and the patriarchy basically wanting proof that like hey my man got laid like that's what it feels like and it's just so gross and but i appreciate that to do because you know that was a concern of nari she's like but they're gonna know if we don't consummate and he was like hold on let me get some ash here rub it in my hair put it here Let's just mess up the the sheets. I've been told I'm a restless sleeper. Like, it's it, it reminded me of again, not to make the comparison, but you know, in the Shadow Wand, where Lucas was just really respectful of Alarin. I loved that. Like, there's the communication there to be like, we're neither of us are comfortable with each other, and we're both kind of scared of what like what's going to happen. But just like as each other as people, and, and it is sweet. But Nari, I love Nari. I should come out and say that. I love Nari. Nari takes this opportunity, though. She's like, hey, Mutadir, where's Ali? Where is he? Everyone's been telling me the same fucking line. Where is he? And and Mutadir gives her the same line. He's like, but he's not dead. But he's not dead. I mean, it's... (laughs) It's like when you see all the media clips of the same talking points that when people are doing press for certain movies and they can't spoil it, it's the, the same regurgitated line. And she's like, no, not you. Because this is, this is, it's too, it's too, too that everybody is so similar. Yeah, it's too, too that everyone's so similar. You know, Zainab is crying. She's like totally isolated in the palace. Like, what the fuck is that? And she also says, like, people talk. Like, I don't know if you know this, but like, Everybody in the castle talks, in the palace talks, and just because you don't associate with certain people, I'm in the trenches. I am in the hospital. I'm hearing everything that everybody's, because I'm taking care of them. And they're just talking. They just feel comfortable talking to me. So I know what's being said is the real shit. Yeah, exactly. But Mutadir comes back with some other real shit, and he's like, you know what? Essentially, I'm always going to be loyal to my family first, Nari. Like, it's it's my family, it's the palace, it's the city, it's the crown. Like, that is, those are my priorities. You're not even, like, close to that. I don't even consider you family. And later, Ghassan even makes a comment like that because Ali's trying to stand up for Nari. And he goes, like, that, you, you are her father-in-law. And he's like, I don't have any grandkids. Barely. I hear the rumors. They have not slept together in months. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very, mm, it's very, mm, 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 mm. How do we feel about Dara? How do we feel about Dara? <sighs> I'm mixed on Dara. I feel bad for him. I feel, I feel bad for him because I, I can't, I, I think it's just, there is no black and white when it comes to him. I feel like there's a lot of gray area. Um, you can tell, like, he, I mean, in the prologue, he thought he was dead. He knew he was dead. His sister was like, come on. And he's, like, so gr- grateful. He finally gets to see his sister again. Um, and then he's feeling called, which we knew was going to happen uh, at the end of book one because of the ashes and the ring and, bringing, you know, the reincarnation of it all. And he goes, I'm being called, I'm being beckoned. And he knows it's from like by a Nahid because that's who he serves and who his family served. And his sister is even saying in that, like that, that purgatory limbo afterlife, like you are always, always going for them. Like, don't, don't answer, like come with us. And he's like, oh, I have to. And, um, and by the end of the book, he's like, 
I was so happy. I should have just stayed with my sister. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? His sister, Tamima, she says, you're you're finally so close. Don't go with them. You're so close to, like, moving on into paradise. Uh, but, yeah, he is he is pulled back, like you say, and he thinks it's Nari because he, he is back into a body and he feels hands on him that calm him down. And, of course, the only one that he can think of is Nari because she's the only one that he knows of. Um, but it's not. Who is it? It's Maniza, Nari's Maniza. mother. Maniza. I'm very conflicted about Maniza. We'll we'll get to it. But what does Maniza say here? Because Dara starts freaking the fuck out. I think rightly so. For so many reasons, Dara starts freaking out right here. Uh, he t- has claws and he's like all fiery and and strange. Oh, he, he was like, what is going on? Like, this isn't like you're turned into uh, an free if mm-hmm. you... Um, if you didn't believe in like the Suleiman, like Suleiman and his seal and like, uh, and basically what he was preaching, he goes, but our people did, we did all the things. Why am I like this? Yeah. And she goes, you are the first free Deva in 3000 years. You are free of Suleiman's curse. But then for, for Dara who like worship him, it's Suleiman's blessing. So it is that right there is the first rip in in Maniza and Dara and it's instant but it's also funny because now that you're saying it it's she's like you're 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 the first free you're the first free deva but then later in the book she's like don't forget who you answer to you you basically belong to me i am the reason that you're here yeah. and she holds it over his head relentlessly throughout the whole book yeah and that is essentially Dara's entire story uh, from from here, he is with Maniza and Kaveh on and off and training a little band of 40 soldiers to attack Devabad on Nagasadam for the rest of the book. And it's just his like inner conflict with what they're doing, when they're attacking, how they're attacking, who their uh, allies are and his morals and guilt over all of it, essentially. Poor Dara. I do feel bad for him here, but he is just like, I don't know, he kind of annoys the shit out of me. But I have to remember that he is, at his core, a himbo. Yeah. At his core. The simp that he is for the women around him. He is, at his core, a himbo. So, like, what what, what can we say? Okay. We are now, finally, at our five-year time jump. We have the Ayanle delegation coming up through the lake in a sand ship. I love this shit. It's very Harry Potter. Very fun. Uh, Awesome. I can't wait to see this one day on screen. I think it would just be fantastic. Oh, this would be a beautiful trilogy. Like a movie trilogy. I wouldn't want this to be uh, like a streaming thing. High quality, high budget. This could be... This could be beautiful. Yeah, this could be stunning. This could be exactly what everybody needs. You know, this this could be amazing. Devabot is not amazing, though. Devabot is in a economic downturn. I like that they say that right away. Nari's like, the docks look like shit. They've looked like shit forever. And BT dubs, the city is fucking crumbling. What's going on? And... I, I do I do like that because Ali is the one that was like so interested in economics and he was the one finding loopholes and everything. And he has been gone from the city five years now. So it crumbling significantly while he's gone 
is is just very poetic, I thought. Very interesting. I think it also shows, like, how well that Ali had his finger on the pulse and everything economic and almost proves it, it, it has to hurt the other Katani's egos that they couldn't do it without him in a way because everything was fine when he was there. And I'm sure he's not the only reason, but he had a lot of say and awareness. He was essential. I mean, he was the, he was his brother and in a way his father's Kaed. Well, let, let's talk about Mutadir. Mutadir. Mutadir is not, he's not doing well. He is, he is hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Although in this opening scene, he does defend Nari, which I do like and appreciate. But my guy is in a drunken haze, I think, more or less this entire book. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, how often does uh, Nari go to his room in the morning and she's like, and that is not tea. That is not water. That is something a lot stronger. And of course, the conversation's like, oh, my son isn't an alcoholic. And we're like, okay, well, there's some, there's definitely some alcohol dependency going on there. Um, because Mujadir is miserable. He, his brother's not there, even though he's had like a very tumultuous relationship with, um, with Ali. He doesn't want this, he doesn't want his position, his, he, he's not talking to like the love of his life. Or his wife. He's just kind of betting courtesans late, late, uh, left and right. Yeah, he is. And he is. He tries every now and then to, like, insert himself into policy and, like, kind of influence his dad. But it just, like, it works, but then it doesn't work. So, like, here, when he's talking to Abul, du- um, Abul Duanik about late taxes, the guy's like, eh, you know, eh, what about your dad? It's coming. It's coming. It's behind me. No worries. No worries. Um, but this is where I love we get Zainab and Nari sneaking out. Sneaking out. They're sneaking out. We love a good escape your litter and sneak out through the town market situation. Loved it. Oh, those are always so fun. And it happened in the first book too. I like that they're, and I like that Nari and Zainab have a better relationship now. Like they definitely have that. Well, assuming, I don't know. I don't have a sister in law. Um, but have a sister in law, sister like relationship, basically just having, seeing more female companionships, um, in this book that Nari is able to have, um, outside of just Nazreen. And Zainab, doesn't give Nari like a chance to back down. She's like, you know what? You get caught getting out of the city all the time. I don't come with me. This is how you do it. You know, I got all these people in my employ. Everybody knows what's up. We find out later. Mutadir even knows about this. It's like not a thing, but it is through this, you know, uh, disguised outing, you know, Nari steals an orange and she like barters for that Egyptian book. And it's like very embarrassing for everybody. Oh, Zena was, yeah, Zena was like, you don't, we are. It's like, you or, don't do you that. You don't, you just say yes. And she, and you know, those are the instincts that, that Nari is channeling from growing up in Cairo. It's also around here where Zainab and Nari start talking about Zainab's uh, potential future husband, which is brought up later in the book, but this is like Malacca, and she says it's like really far away. She doesn't want to. He's old. He has a lot of wives. He's very wealthy, though, which is kind of the thing. But then 
But then, and this is like a hint just to what is going on later. Nari's like, what about your mom? Like your mom can't possibly like support this. And Zaynab's like, yo, my mom has like other shit going on. You know, she's scheming. She has other schemes because she's scheming. She's too busy for this. And Nari's like, hmm, okay, interesting. But then instead of like pursuing that, it's the magic like wave of coldness and it is there that they find, I say they, Nari and Zainab, find the hospital. I loved this. I loved, I love the hospital. I love the reclaiming of the hospital, the finding of the hospital, and the slaves, the freed slaves that are living inside the hospital. All of it, all of it, I think, would be beautiful again on screen. And I love that Nari she's trying to bring something to this community, right? Like if she's going to be here, it's an, it's another kind of situation that if she's going to be here, what can she do to give back to the people? These people will be eventually be her people because she is married to Muntadir and he is next in line. Um, and she tries so hard to be accepted and to also kind of prove um, to the devas, like, Shafits are aren't different like that everybody's the same because she's still under the guise that she's pure blood even though she's not she's like y'all like me just fine see like we could like everybody and i mean later she even fully proves that when she's using her healing abilities and people got mad at her for healing other Shafits. yes yes oh my gosh i i really love nari's progression and confidence that she gains throughout this whole book, especially in that scene. But it is here where we meet Razu, Alashia, and Issa. And of course, all of these characters come back because they all know uh, Ali's mom, and it's all a tangled web that we weave. Um, mostly what we get here is that uh, they are freed slaves, scholars, they're very no knowledgeable, and... Um, you know, if Razu says, like, if you rebuild this hospital, I'll be your first recruit. Like, I, I know what's going on. I have 2,300 years of, like, knowledge in the human world. Very fun. Very good stuff. So these are, like, allies that we have right away for Nari in, in this uh, hospital. Very fun. We've already talked about Ali riding the Zahawk and all of his kind of story there <laughs> up, up until his, and I love this, his cousin Musa shows up. Uh, because plots be plotting, schemes are scheming. And it's like, hmm, we've got to get Ali back to Devabad. How can we do that? Let's, 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 uh, let's drop him some cursed salt that only like he can touch and let's make him take it back to Devabad and move the plot along. I do appreciate an obvious plot device. Well, and then even when he comes back, you have, uh, Ali telling, like, oh, because his dad, Ghassan, is saying, like, I got your letters. You really tried hard not to come. Like, to try, he was like, we could do this. I could send this. I could send this person and no other per, like, I respect that Ali's like, I know you want nothing to do with me. I'm trying really hard here to stay out of y'all's hair, but there really is no other option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Mutadir's like, uh huh, sure, sure, sure. And Ghassan's like, no, no, but really, like, there's a fucking stack of these. Like, he, he really, he worked his ass yeah. off to not do this. Love, love. 
we also get here that Ali and Zainab are still in communication and she like sends him money and uh, she sent him like a bracelet to help his headaches and stuff. And I love that they are still in contact even even though like they're not supposed to be like, right? Yeah. No, I love that. And I love that you can see that at the end of the first book with City of Brass, that they were both trying, actively trying in their relationship as siblings. And especially at the end of this book, too, where Ali's like, no, I need my siblings. I need them with me. Their support means more than anything else. And I think that Ali came a long way in that, too, because he does say that in in when he's reading Zainab's letter that their relationship was one that he was too like self-righteous and too young to appreciate and that he has matured now and he really loves his sister. Well, and he's, he, and this goes back to, he's lived a life. Like he had, let's say, you know, 18, 20 years under this Citadel boarding school regime with his devoutness. And then like real life happened outside of that. And he had to Kind of say like, okay, maybe there isn't room for to be so righteous because I, I there are other things going on. Well, other things going on are nobody's fucking happy with Nari about this hospital. Nobody, nobody. 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 The elders who do, it's like the elf, the elders, um, job shit. Um, and like nobody, nobody. And I appreciate her being like, you know what? Like, I don't. I don't like need your permission. Like I can just I can just do this. This is a courtesy. Yeah. And then she eventually and she even eventually goes to Ollie to be like, "Look, I I need somebody on my side because nobody's going to stand with me if none of the Katani are." And she's like, "You're a last resort. Basically, you're a last resort, especially like once Ollie shows up." And because they worked so well together is the exact reason we're uh, Gasan was like, you know what? You want it so bad? He can stay here. You cannot leave the palace. And when it's done, um, it can, like, when it's done, then you can show up. And it better be done in six months. Yeah. Otherwise, BT we're dubs. just not going to. Yeah. And everyone's like, that is actually impossible. It took years to make this something. You want it done in six months. And they were like, bet, bet, bet. But the excuses that everyone gives Nari, which is just like infuriating, and I feel so bad for Nari and I get so angry for her because they're telling her like parts of the reason why it's not a good idea. They're like, oh, but like it has a bad history. Oh, but like it was the first to fall in the war. Oh, but like, you know, like Shafi revolted and like murdered everybody inside with roomy fire. They're dancing around everything instead of being like direct with her and one of the things that gasan always loves is like oh 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 nari you're always so direct i love it like she's just like she can't she has to cut through the bullshit all the time yeah yeah and then also we get at the end it's like oh the hospital is like the nahids kind of like experimented and did human experiments you know it was it was all kind of it was all murky it was all a murky situation with the hospital and nari's just like why doesn't anybody fucking tell me anything? Just come clean with me and then we'll sort it out. But like she learns everything in like a weird kind of curvy, twisty way. And I'm so frustrated for her. 
It's just like own up to your shitty history so that you can, so that everybody can know it so that you can work together to move, not past, but like forward. So I, I don't know. I, f- I feel bad for her. And also though, it is here that we get Jamshit. And I feel bad for Jamshit this entire book. This entire book, I feel bad for him. He's still injured. So it's been five years. He's still injured. It took him a solid fuck all year before he woke up. That shocked me. Well, and on top of that, and we find this out in this book too, is that he wasn't allowed to be healed. He wasn't allowed to be touched for at least a week. So we know that. So who knows what that week would have done if they operated, you know, if they did started working on him sooner. Um, and it was just to prove a point because Gassan rules with an iron fist and there's no room for any type of feedback. No, not at all. No. And he's not trusting people, obviously, because because he, he's he's another one who's not trusting everybody. And at this point, like, he created that for himself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole thing is very... Right. And this is why we like politics. This is very fun. But Jamshit's not healed, and he gets increasingly desperate to get better because Mutadir is getting worse in his, like, personal mental health spiral. And, like... The guards don't respect Jamshit anymore, and he's not a member. He doesn't protect Jam or he doesn't protect Mutadir anymore. He's, he's been replaced. It's very shitty. And it is like through this interaction that Jamshit and Nari have with the guards and um the the treason that accusation that's going on that they stumble upon where that woman is just like you know what fuck you you how can you protect us if you cannot protect yourself these soldiers don't respect you this is going back to what you say about an iron fist in this situation with nari jamshit and this treason family that they stumble into nari's like yo these soldiers know who i am they're treating me like dog shit in public the only reason they feel comfortable to do that is because it's coming down from the top, the top being Ghassan, that you can just like fuck off to all the devas. Like they're not important, like whatever. And that's when Nari's like, huh, well, this is bad. That I think that's kind of her first, not like first inkling, but like, I guess in this book of like, well, damn. Maybe things are a lot, lot worse than I initially thought, because you see that you see that mirrored in politics today. Oh, well, that's it, that's politics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there's a mention here that Kava, or sorry, that Kave is not there. He's gone to his estates. Now we know, having read the book, that in this instance, Kave has gone to Maniza and to Dara. And, and that is where he is. And, and it is through, uh, Kave that we get Dara's like kind of scandalized realization that Maniza and Kave are like, screwing around and he's like oh but they're so holy but like oh my god but like because didn't he because one of the parts is that he caught Kave kind of stumbling out of Maniza's room and he's like what is going on um but then he's also trying to 
see how Kaveh can work in his favor. And at this point, he goes, hey, I know about your son. And Kaveh's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Dara goes, really? Because I got my powers back for a hot second before everything went down on that ship. And you can see, like, in the book, I say, like, you could see how the color is basically draining from his face. Like, what what do you mean you got your powers back? And he's like, and I saw a lot of things. I saw the things that Nari wanted and the things that Ollie wanted and their desires and their deepest wishes. And I saw Munchadir's. And guess what? It wasn't the throne. It wasn't politics. It wasn't his, like everything to do with his family. It was actually like pretty low key and uh, just about your son and he's in love with your son. And he's like, and that's where Kave is kind of in a way, like I, I don't want to say blackmailed, but in a way, yes, because he really wants to protect Jamshed because he goes how, and that's where da- uh, Dara is asking, how long has this been going on? How long has this been going on? And we find out for from Kave, he goes, Jamshed and Muntadir have been involved for at least 10 years that he was aware of. And this includes, like, we have to remember that there's also a time jump. So we have the five-year time jump and then five years before that. So he was like, and you know what? He's just, it has nothing to do with their relationship. Like, our money, our name, like, our, our politics, our stat, like, our our stature in the community, like, that would have saved them. But Muntadir did fuck all to protect my son. My son has literally almost gave up his life and still cannot stand up to his father or to like the kingdom and to politics. And my son like just loves this man who is so bad for him. So bad for him. And Kale also hates Dara because Dara is the one that shot uh, jump shit, even jump though shit, it yeah. was like a, it was like an accident, you know, not yeah. accident, but like jump shit, like jumped in front of Mutadi. It was the whole thing. It was the whole thing. But he's like, you know what? After all of your bullshit on the boat, Dara, because you couldn't just like, you couldn't just let it be, right? You couldn't. And, and I like that. Um, Dara's like, what did you want me to do? Did you want me to leave her there? Did you want me to do? And Kava's like, yes, you stupid fucking man. We wanted you to leave her there. She would have had kids with Mutadir and then we could have influenced her to take over. And then it would have been this whole political coup that we could have like slowly gained support from for, you know, we have unlimited time. And you went and fucked it all up because you're stupid, stupid man. And I like that Kaveh just like, because mm. you're in love with a Nahid yeah. again. 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 It's just like, oh my God. And I, I do like that. And Kaveh is just like, fuck you. Like, royally <laughs> fuck you for everything. And, and he stays like that the whole time. He's just like really mad at him. But it is here where Maniza is uh, first experimenting with the smoke. She's experimenting with relics, and there's purple smoke happening here. Um, but this is where they agree to attack eight months later on Nagasatam. And uh, Dara's like, we can't get in the fucking city. This is a bad idea. It's it, We have 40 men. We have 40 men. This is not good. Uh, just because we have two Gaziri scouts, like, captured that we're going to, like, interrogate and learn from doesn't mean shit. We can't do this. And that's when Maniza's like, well, bet the Marid say... And Dara's like, the Marid, the Marid, the Marid say that we can get into Devabod through different means. And obviously, like, that's the lake, obviously. But uh, scary, scary stuff, scary stuff, because it is setting up my conflicts with Maniza. 
right away. Well, that this is the part where I was chatting with you last night and I go, I don't know what direction that Manais is going to go. I don't know if she has ulterior motives or is her motives driven solely by uh the, the the love of a mother for their daughter kind of situation, even though even at the end of this book, you know that you're that Maniza, she's like she thinks she knows her daughter, but she just has this idea of who she wants her daughter to be in her head. But even so, it's not just about her daughter. We also find out that Jamshit is her son. Yeah, Jamshit is her son. And it almost seems like that's more of her concern than Maniza. Uh, than Nari, it's just that Nari shares similar powers and healing abilities to Maniza. And that's a good point because Maniza says, like, don't worry, Kaveh, everything he's owed will be given back to him like tenfold. He will he will have like successes and riches, everything owed to him, he will have. We just have to like take the city. And it's like Okay. Uh, okay, okay. But he's like suffering now. You understand that. Like it, it Again, again, she's. We have very conflicted feelings about her as a mother. <laughs> we'll get into. We'll get into it. <laughs> Woo, we'll get into it. Uh, so as as we're like kind of going on along here, like random stuff is happening. Like Nari finds that Shafiq man that had the surgery in her garden, and she like you know is trying to figure out what that is about. And Ali, though, pretty much returns to Devabad because all of his letters uh, to Ghassan have been answered saying, like, your return pleases us. Like, you know, slightly scary, slightly ominous, but we'll go for it. And Ali, though, just cannot enter quietly. Everything is a fucking issue. And he sees uh, Shafi being sold basically like at auction under like a flimsy find your lost relatives, like whatever excuse. And um Ali buys them with his Zulfi car and the Royal Guard comes out to get him more or less. (laughs) And it's just a little bit of drama, right? Ali's just drama wherever he goes. He can't help it. Uh, I, I have such a soft spot for Ali, but he is dumb as shit though, because he takes Dara's dagger and he's like, I'm going to give this to Nari. I'm going to give this to, she'll like this. And then he intrudes upon her secret orange grove and just, fucking makes her so mad i love that she was so combative the second she sees him for the first time she's like are you fucking kidding me and he's like no she's like nobody not even my own husband bothers me here who do you think you are he's like oh well i wrote you letters and she goes and they made great fodder for fire like Mm -hmm. even though we later know in the book that like she wound up reading them but I, I, uh, fuck all. She's so pissed. Like, there's, she goes, now she's like, I can't, like, I've heard all these things. I know that you're alive, but life is not what it was five years ago because you also, you were one of the few people that I actually let in and trust when I don't trust a lot of people. I mean, even Muntadir says one of the lines is like, you you have more walls up than a maze. So she goes, and so now she's also been sitting with that for five years, that frustration, that hurt, that anger, that betrayal of I trusted you. I trusted you that you would get us out of uh, Devabad and I am stuck here because of you. And she says like, you tricked me. You tricked me like you you knew you knew all my like little secrets. You were my friend like and you tricked me like right to my fucking face. And that's it's a betrayal that like rightly so is not easy to get over. Like, good God. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Um, 
I don't think I've come out and said that I love Queen Hatsup. I love her. I love her so much. And I love Zainab when she slaps the shit out of Ali for not for for leaving the palace, going to the Citadel and not seeing them first. And she slaps the shit out of him. And she's like, no, we're going to see mom. Fuck you. We got stuff to do. The the scene that follows with with the queen and, and the reveal kind of um, about like who's plotting, what's going on. And then finally, when Ali's mom sees all of Ollie's scars because she starts like like teasing him like why are you so fucking dirty like you stink like you're dirty like take take a bath and he's like no 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 and she finally sees his scars and that is one of those moments where you could tell like Ali had so much like this part of him he locked down and to finally tell his mom like everything that happened was so cathartic for him I really felt for him and also her reaction it's it's a good it's a good example because like that is the reaction of like a good mother right like what is this what happened tell me everything we're gonna fix it I will take care of you and then you have Maniza who is the opposite yeah Queen has said she just wants to know like it feels very it feels that it's without judgment. Like, tell me because I want to know, because I want to help, not hold it against you. Yeah, absolutely. And then she dresses, you know, she's like, we're going to we're gonna handle it. We'll find out what's going on. No worries, no worries, no worries. We all have to go to the feast. But like, I'm going to do you up to the nines. You're going to look good. And, you know, here are some plots that we're plotting. But we're not plotting a lot of plots. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. How did you feel about Ali's welcome feast with all of the cooks coming in and presenting all of their stuff? Uh, Well, like they were all basically trying to impress everybody. It felt very performative. Oh, yes. Very performative. And also you can say that the whole point of it was basically to poison and kill Ali because that's what jump shit does. Oh, duh. How did I forget? Duh. How did I forget that part? Because, well, and the reveal that it was jump shit, like I was not expecting it to be jump shit that feminizes old books and like brewed this up and like put it in the, th- the silver yeah. to, to in the cooks to, to in the pastries for Ali to eat that to kill Ali. I just, it speaks to how desperate Jump's shit is getting because he's not able to be healed by Nari. It's getting worse. Mutadir is getting worse. And and he is just like almost getting frantic. Oh, and this is the part where like they've already Nari and Ollie have had their fight at this point, but it's also the like after this, the poisoning's happening and she's asking for the seal to be lifted so she can heal him. And through this whole like whole dynamic and he's resting. This is where Nari overhears Gassan and Queen Hatset fighting about Queen's like, who are you? What did you do to your son? You did not consult me for any of this. You just have this whole thing. You're, you're not running any. He's my son. He is my son. I, and she's calling him out left and right. Love it. Oh, yeah. She's she's not taking it. And Ari's like, hide me. Hide me. Mom and dad are fighting. But also, I want to hear more. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. It's, it's it's good. And and Gasson's basically just like, look, it is what it is. I'm. This is how it's going to be. You either fall in line 
or I'm, you're not going to see your son. I'm going to cut you off economically and you're going to go back to Dimitri and you're never going to be allowed in the city. And that's when she's like, who the fuck are you? And why would you threaten me with shit like that? I'm like his mother. And that's also where another part of the foreshadowing goes. I was like, he's going to get taken. Gassan's going to get taken down or killed or something because she goes, this, this is the exact reason. Hold on. I have the quote. Uh, okay. And the quote is, and that Gassan, that you would reach for such a threat with the mother of your children. That is why your people hate you. Yeah. And it's like, boom, mic drop. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Thanks for joining us for part one of The Kingdom of Copper. You know how sometimes we tend to run long. Feel free to join us in a couple weeks for part two, airing May 29th. And in the meantime, please follow us on our socials. We're on Instagram, Akafe Podcast, and we're both on TikTok, Akafe Laura, and Akafe Jessica. Talk to y'all soon, and thanks for joining. Bye!